Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me, in a total different house, is Derek Specht. Hello. You got the, uh, you're getting a bit sick there, Derek. Yeah, a little under the weather, and uh, so I don't know if it's come down the flu or something, so I thought I'd uh, save you guys' family the hassle of getting sick and uh, avoid going to your house. So you're being selfish and making sure that we go to work and don't get get a couple of days off. I'm definitely taking tomorrow off. Well, sorry to hear that, buddy. Uh, well, we've got we we actually lucked out this week. If you're going to get sick today, was uh, probably a good day to do it. Uh, we were at the Ontario Winter Camping Symposium on the weekend, yeah, and managed to meet up with with a whole bunch of people. One of them being the organizer David Bain, and. Uh, Every year, David puts on the the Ontario uh, Backcountry Canoe Symposium, and he puts on the Ontario Winter Camping Symposium. And afterwards, a bunch of people get together for a little barbecue. And uh, what did you think of the symposium this year? I thought it was pretty good. Well, it's always a very good. It's uh, the the symposium this year. We had uh, a really diverse group of uh, speakers, and uh, I really enjoyed it. It was uh, it was worth the. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was really good. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it this year as well, especially the uh, last two. We got uh, Lure of the North and uh, Jim Baird, uh, Baird talking um, about their stuff. Yes. But uh, we managed to sit down with uh, David Bain at the end of the evening. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it was yeah, it was after the the, the burgers and such were, were cooked. Uh, sat down with him outside on the patio and froze a little bit. You going to live there? Yes. It, yeah. it was damn cold. <laughs> It was super cold. Sorry, I got a cough too. We, I, I, I may be looking for a new, <laughs> new co-host soon. <laughs> it's not the yes, man flu, no, is it? I might be dying. Is it the man you flu? Might be dying here. Uh-oh. Yes, it definitely man flu. Oh, man. I get sick once every two years. Can't handle it. Oh, and you're cutting out too, man. I think your phone's getting sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. You're you're passing Maybe. it on. You're giving your phone a virus, buddy. well it's a good thing we did this we sat down with david bain at the end of the night and uh, we chatted about the the symposium and what we thought of it and the guests and stuff like that so while Derek goes and coughs his brains out uh give a listen this is david bain and us on the patio freezing our kahunis off um oh and a special thanks to sean peterson uh for holding the mic while we talked uh, so give this one a listen. It's David Bain and myself and Derek chatting about the winter camping symposium. So we're sitting on the porch by yes. the barbecue. Yes. Uh, with David Bain, the head guy at the Ontario winter camping symposium. David Bain, welcome back. You've been here before. I have. And yes. thanks for having me back. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, you did it right the first time. Well, it's one of those fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me things. Like, I, I you keep inviting me back. I don't understand. You did but sucker. Yeah, Bush did. Yeah. You, did, you nailed it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> fool me once, shame on, fool me, I, yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah. Fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Ontario Winter Camping Symposium was today. Mm-hmm. It was a great, uh, Another great turnout. Another fantastic turnout, like yep. sold out quick and early and, and, amazing lineup of of, uh, of guest speakers like it's I, I love going to these things that you arrange that you you've been organizing like well, this is three years for the winter one right mm-hmm. and how many years you've been doing the uh, canoe the symposium? one coming up in April will be number nine number nine yeah I've been so. to 
six of those ones. Have you? Yeah, because I think I spoke. Was I speak? Did I speak at number two or three? Uh, I'd have to look, but it was one of the early ones. Yeah, yeah. And I've been coming back ever since. Mm -hmm. Shame on me. <laughs> <laughs> fool me once. <laughs> Apparently, you can fool me at least eight times. That's right. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about today. The, the day started off with our own. Foreign correspondent. Foreign correspondent. Yeah. Yes, yes. John Van Berger, the outdoor kind, he was talking about the winter oh shit kit. Um, I, I, I really found his, uh, um, his rather humorous. Yes. Uh, well, he's a cheesehead, for God's well, sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we don't hold that against him. We don't hold him against him because he usually brings beer. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I didn't realize that he had hurt both his knees well. Happened. I know, I learned a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> but he's accident prone. Yes, yeah. he's very he's accident, accident prone. prone. Yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of first-hand experience with emergency it, responders. So it makes uh, sense yes. that he does what he does mm -hmm. because uh, he, he requires this first responder's <laughs> intervention. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, you know what, I, I enjoyed his presentation. I've seen that presentation four or five times now, mm -hmm. and it's different every time. Yeah, he does such, a, such an amazing job at it. Yeah, but I mean, the, the stuff he's talking about, that you need in the kit are, it is all stuff that you should be bringing. Absolutely, yeah. I, I found it a very, because it was my first time hearing it, I found it an interesting mixture of common sense and why don't I ever actually do that? I know, right? You yeah. know, it's yeah. like, oh, well, that's common sense. And then I think and I go, I don't actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you see his, his, his kit is at the front of his canoe and I'm thinking, why would I bring that? It's too big. But... You have to bring it in some sort or, or other. And, and as he said during his presentation, you don't have to bring a lot. You just have to, should bring something. Yep. And as to his point, bring something, but you're not doing, necessarily bringing it for yourself. You're bringing it for the people you paddle with or people you may across, come across in the backcountry. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, it's one of those things that until you, somebody says it and you hear it in your head, it's like, that makes so much sense. Why, why don't I bring more? So since, since we've had John as a foreign correspondent, I've increased my emergency kits right and i always bring one now well and see i bring my day pack and i'm thinking oh, why do i bring this thing all the time because i've got my main gear and i always got a day pack with my lunch and water my my um the first aid kits in it and i got my um water filter in it. and i'm realizing that's my oh shit kit yeah there you go yeah. you know because i'm trying i'm trying to lighten the stuff I bring. So I'm thinking, well, why don't I just take that stuff out and not even bring a day pack? And then I'm sitting there thinking, well, that is yeah. the stuff I'm supposed to bring. So even exactly. though I didn't realize I was bringing it, mm -hmm. I was bringing it. <laughs> and I think his big point, and you spoke to this, is that rather than have it distributed throughout your equipment and part of it's here and part of it's there, he, he uh, brings it all together. It's a central bag. It, it sits yeah. in the canoe. It's ready to be grabbed, grabbed just in case, right? It's, it does make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, after John, we had um, Mercedes. Yeah, because I always want to say Mercedes. No, yeah, Mercedes. There's, there's no S. Yeah. So. <laughs> Mercedes Rogers. Yep. And speaking about the importance and the feasibility, really, of getting very young children and even infants yep. into the backcountry. Yes. Summer and winter. Yep. And uh, certainly she speaks from experience because her two children went on their first trips at eight days and at three weeks. Mm -hmm. Three Incredible. weeks winter, no, three weeks summer, and eight, eight days, days winter. winter. Yeah. Hot tent. It's crazy. Uh, car camping. So, yeah. uh, you know, and she has a philosophical 
basis for this. She feels it's important to, uh, you know, f the future to educate our young and to have them experience these things and to grow up with wilderness and with outdoor experience and it shapes their perspective and their life mm -hmm. and so she's trying to model that with her own kids and uh, you know that's what the presentation was about and as I tried to say I don't think I did it very eloquently at the beginning is you know when I I mean I have no kids of my own when you look at the topics and you think well you know uh, how soon is too soon to take kids in the backcountry what does that have to do with me I don't have kids but everybody who does backcountry canoeing or winter camping either knows somebody with kids or they have nieces, nephews, grandkids, people at work that have kids and the top it's the second most common question that I hear mm -hmm. right after aren't you afraid of bears and wolves <laughs> is you know well I have kids but I'm not sure when is a good time to take them yes. right you know that everybody says that that has kids and so really the more of us that can speak with a little bit of authority on that I think the more the message can get out that it's important to get kids out uh, early and often. Yes, yeah. to normalize the yeah. The, yeah. the effort and the experience, to make it normal, to make it something that you just do. And uh, there's so many uh, like uh, uh, inner city kids or city folk or city kids who just never get a chance to experience that. And uh, we, so we saw that with uh, there's a group out of Chicago, the Chicago. Adventure Therapy Group, yep. and uh, and you talked about it the other day about your friend Kevin, Kevin. Yeah. who's our IT guy. He it was late in life he ever experienced the outdoors, but I think th to to normalize that and to have kids see what there is to experience outside of you know computer games and mm -hmm. and yeah. television and and you know hanging out at the mall and whatever. If you can experience a little bit of that more of that outdoor stuff, it really broadens your your horizons of what you think is possible and what you think is real as a child growing up. When I was an impressionable young man way back in the last century, <laughs> I, <laughs> I taught outdoor education for a co-op work term and uh, kids from Etobicoke uh, would come up to the Albion Hills and I, you know, I would take them out and do night hikes and I would take oh, them nice. out and do stuff and you know, really saw you know, you take these kids and a lot of them, you know, they have a big tough persona, a lot of them, and this was a residential program. They'd come up on Monday, go home on Friday, stay over, and, uh, you know, by Thursday or Friday, some of them are really starting, you're starting to see, you know, the benefit of them being out, and uh, Albion Hills was such a great uh, setting for that, because, I mean, I think it was at the time, the conservation area was something like a thousand acres, and, like, they had a lot of space. We taught them cross-country skiing but one of the one of their favorite activities I would do with them is that we'd go out and we uh, the rule was you had to sit with your back against a tree so that you couldn't see anybody else so it couldn't be anybody else in your line of vision and we sat silently for 20 minutes and uh, often the first question I get when we were done is could we do it again <laughs> you know and because uh, that opportunity to be quiet meant a lot to some of those kids and the opportunity to sit and listen to the the sounds that you get in a woodlot, you know, was a unique experience exactly. for a lot of them. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I really, I I applaud Mercedes for her message and her philosophy personally and professionally about getting kids out. I think it's a, a very important thing. And that's the, the reason we wanted to have her speak. Well, I mean, we've been taking our kids out, I mean, on canoe trips and all that. They, they don't do the winter camping thing, but even on canoe trips, we've been taking them out since they were little. Mm -hmm. And now it's gotten to the point where I'll do a yearly trip with my son, a yearly trip with my daughter, you know, uh, like all separate sort of thing. And 
they have a blast getting out there and doing the portaging, doing the, the canoeing and all that sort of stuff. You know, sitting around camp and setting it up and cooking over the fire and just enjoying nature in general. You know, it, it, it's, you're not getting the big fight back going, well, I'm going to miss TV, I'm going to miss my, my video games, and I'm going to miss my phone and social media and whatnot. So you've got to start them young. Yeah, and you're creating yeah. some amazing memories. Like, yeah. I, I don't think, I, I can't remember back as a kid about any video games that I might have played or, or whatever. I don't think they I remember, <laughs> I had Pong. Go Pong! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had, I had <laughs> Asteroids and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, right? you're younger. <laughs> <laughs> so, but as, as my memories as a child were, so I grew up in, in uh, central New Brunswick or south New Brunswick, and so I remember me and my brothers going out and me and my buddies going out and building lean-tos in the forest yep. and cutting boughs and sleeping in the woods at night. That's the memories I have. I don't mm-hmm. remember any of the watching TV, or, yeah. right? It's, it's, so well, you're creating proper memories of, of being in the back country. Don Messer's Jubilee, you don't Oh, I remember that. that. I remember <laughs> okay, that. I remember that. <laughs> I mean, I, I've said it, and I'll always say it. We belong to the generation of being when the streetlights come on. Yes. You know? Yes. And at supper time, somebody would hear their mother scream yeah. your name, and it's, oh, that's dinner time. Yeah, Everybody scatters. Yes. See you guys after dinner. Mm-hmm. And it's right? so different now. You don't... I, I worry that I won't have that ability to let my children run and be free not like i was able to oh it's a struggle Mm -hmm. you think i i I never thought that would be an issue and even i'm just like well no because you know something might happen or no i'll drive you over to wherever and you're just like whoa Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i mean i grew up uh in the country near here a little town called plattsville and you know we we were just outside of town and the nith river which some people like to paddle it's a nice little paddle in the spring was in my backyard so we'd go play in the river i mean who lets their kids go play in the river now i mean yeah. <laughs> that's i know it's I know. dangerous you know yeah. you yeah. go play in the river we be, uh, we become i mean we always say you know we joke we say safety third but i think there's a point where you become too safe yes Yes. You know, and I mean, we've even had it out with the kids out camping, you know, my wife being a nurse, everything's got to be clean, clean, clean. And the kids will be doing something around the campsite and, oh, it's dinner time. Wash your hands. And, yeah. It's clean dirt. Yeah, it's clean dirt. <laughs> it's not like they're picking up like dog poo yeah, or, or something. Trash or something. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, no, you know what? Eat the germs. Yeah. Eat, it, it helps. Exactly. You got you to you get, get some germs in you. Yeah. Go eat a worm, kid. Well, <laughs> <laughs> some perfectly good bugs over there. Exactly. <laughs> You know, yeah, I think I think there's a point where you've got to just sit back, let the kids be kids, let them do, let them get dirty, let them, mm-hmm. they'll well, learn. And introduce them to Yeah, and then introduce them to the outdoors. Yes. You know, definitely Absolutely. introduce them to the outdoors. Get them out from in front of that technology. Mm-hmm. As great as it is to have that technology, you got to remember what's out there still. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because when the zombie apocalypse comes, all that technology is gone. All the kids are going first. <laughs> 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 Sorry, kids. <laughs> hope you're not attached to them <laughs> uh and then bill and danielle gardner, gardner mm-hmm. um astro photography i keep yes. wanting to call him an astrophysicist yes uh <laughs> astrophotography and um painting yeah she's the artist in residence artist, yeah. in killarney provincial park right he's the astronomer in residence and uh you know really their talk uh was partly about exploring your passion in winter yeah so their passion is for astrophotography and and painting and then they use 
the fact that they love Killarney and that they have the opportunity to go up there in winter to pursue those uh, hobbies or pursuits. Uh, and I hope, really, if people aren't necessarily into either one of those things, it at least inspires you to say, well, my passion is this, and I can do that while I'm out on a canoe trip, or I can do that while I'm out winter camping. So, yeah. uh, you know, it might have something to do with something completely different. Maybe you're a writer, you know, so taking your journal along and doing more writing or whatever your passion is, uh, exploring it while you're also doing our hobby or winter camping or canoeing or whatever it is. Well, and seeing the paintings and stuff with the snow and just the dramatic scenes, I mean, everybody sees all the bright, you know, colors of autumn and they see the, the blue lakes and, and everything in the paintings of summer. You know, but to see all the like the frozen waterfall paintings yes. and, and stuff that, that Danielle does, um, that's not something you usually see. You know, like it, it's more the summer scenes that you see a lot of. Yeah, and in even on top of that, it's building fairly directly on a um, what's the word I'm looking for on the um, on the previous works of the group of seven. Yeah, yeah. That that really is Canadians. We probably don't find her subject matter necessarily all that surprising, no, because we've seen it. Yes, from people who sort of plowed that furrow forest and forged that path right. artistically back, and the connection there is to Killarney because the group of seven's roots in Killarney are very deep. Uh, you know, A.Y. Jackson and, and Franklin Carmichael uh, were both based, uh, you know, in that area. Um, Carmichael had a cottage just by Grace Lake or Fruit Lake, and uh, A.Y. Jackson was instrumental, I believe it was A.Y., in getting uh, OSA Lake set aside, it used to be called Trout Lake, mm -hmm. uh, from logging. Um, so really the Group of Seven, or the artists of the Group of Seven, uh, were instrumental in creating Killarney Park, and here's someone sort of carrying on that heritage uh, with her painting in that same location. Yeah. So I think the the continuity there is, is kind of cool and it she, is she it discussed is. that during her uh, during her uh, stage time and she talked about her influences and how the group of seven greatly influenced her love and her what as she described it the message she's trying to convey yeah. and so I, I over the years I've seen a lot of people try to take off on what the group of seven has done before but it's been a long time so, since I've seen somebody who's been successful at it mm -hmm. and it's it's her approach it's her heart and her mind are in it and so you can her artwork is pretty amazing in that it really you can see her unique reflection on her impression of the of the outdoors and her impression and well a lot she's a lot of her winter paintings are you can almost feel what her passions are right so she's she's taken the group of seven as her impetus to come forward with her artwork and so it's really interesting to see how she's internalized it and she's created something that is so her right she's mm -hmm. it, it, you can't say that she's specifically copying anybody no. it is her yep. it is specifically her and you can see that and she's got yep. some amazing works yeah for sure yeah. So yeah, it was really cool to to watch them see what she's done and and stuff like that. And I like uh, Bill's uh, astrophotography mm -hmm. with the star trails because I do the same sort of thing. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. So I I've had chats with him about the light painting and and whatnot before. And um, his his well, that sounds like Matt. 
<laughs> some rowdies. <laughs> yeah, some rowdies in the background. That's one of, one of the drawbacks of interviewing at a place like this. Yes. <laughs> so uh, so his gear, his his backcountry gear, it's very compact, very light, yeah. and some of the gear that he has is, is pretty amazing. So to prevent the star trails, he's got the tracker. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, he has a... Uh, I didn't know that that tracker even existed. I oh, knew something was Yeah, I've looked at them there. before, and they're it's, they're pricey. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's so neat to uh, his. He showed a few photos on the screen, and it was like oh, that's amazing yeah. to be able. And to his he's got an eye for it. He's got a skill set for it. So it really comes through his uh, his abilities. Yeah, and yeah, and in fact, they they do this during the winter. I know that's a hard time to do yeah. stuff like this. Yeah, go in there and take the pictures, and that she sits in their cabin in the winter yeah. and. You know, they do their photos, and she does her little um, sketchbook with the yes. painting and stuff like that, and transforms them into. But uh, Tom Thompson, if I'm not mistaken, used to do the same sort of thing: go out, do the small little painting, take it back to a studio, yes. and then make the full. And then blown. make the full form. Right? Yeah. Yes. So she she follows the same sort of um, work. Yes. So process. process in, back in the day, Tom Thompson, when they talked about, it, he would have these little five by seven cards he would paint on. So. So he, that was his form of photography in the day. He mm -hmm. would go out and he would paint the scene to remind him what he was trying to convey. And then he'd take that back to Toronto and then put it on a larger panel. So, and she does a lot of that either in person in the backcountry or she takes photography, either hers or husband's, and she puts that on a larger panel. And yeah. it, uh, so it's just a, a newer format, but she's still conveying that passion and that idea of what she's looking at in the backcountry. Yeah. Uh, what happened? At, we had lunch. Yeah, lunch. Lunch, lunch, lunch was good. Deal. So yeah. what did you do for well, lunch there? Yeah, I was impressed with lunch. Yeah? yeah. What did you have, Harvey's? <laughs> I did. Yeah, you I had did. pizza? I had burger. I had pizza. Yeah, yeah. awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, I did some work. I talked with people that love our show, and uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we talked beer. And nice. uh, Alora Gorge apparently has a, a brewery there, which is really fantastic. So, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So that's why I learned at lunch. Um, <laughs> well, and the vendors were available to people, yeah. which is, yes. you know, I think for some people, a, a big part of the show is, is the vendors. Yeah. Yeah, is the ability to come and check out some gear and see people like Lure the North in person that. You might all only be, uh, you know, reading online or whatever. Yeah, they're they're out of reach of, they're either online or you have to go to them. So it's nice to have them accessible. Yes. You can look at their to stuff, Southern their Ontario equipment, and was that to Southern Ontario? To Southern Ontario. Yeah. yeah okay. I'm I'm speaking Southern Ontario. Yeah. So he's obviously accessible if you live in Sudbury and well, Bay or something. Not very though. No, <laughs> no, not very. No, not eight very. kilometers from Harris <laughs> Road. <laughs> yes, that's yes. uh Yes, there yeah. that, that. Yeah, so uh, Lure the North was there. Uh, yeah. Well, man camping, Scott was there. Yes. Um, just trying to view who's uh, there. Outdoors oriented, oriented was there. Was a first time vendor, and uh, it was good to see them uh, come up. KIHD Stoves was yeah. there. Unlostify Maps was there. I'm just kind of working my way through the foyer. <laughs> it seems like I'm missing somebody on that side. On the other side, there was um, Whiskey Jack. Sleds, yeah, were with us. Um, sea Sawyer Run, which is uh, rough wear for for dogs and husbands. I always like to say, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and then Danielle and Bill had a setup, and then Lure the North. Oh, and OTG. Uh, oh, meals, meals, OTG yeah. meals. Which yeah, yeah um, Randy, yeah, yeah. He, he's just getting off the ground with a, a new uh, option to those people who go with the uh, dehydrated meal option in, in in the pouch. Yeah. And then out in the foyer, we had uh, friends of Tomogamy, of course, and Sale, 
uh, from Cambridge had a booth, and uh, John, your foreign correspondent, with his uh, yes. outdoor client. And then we had two different tents set up. Uh, we had a snow trekker, and we had uh, Camper Christina bring her latest homemade and home-designed hot tent, mm-hmm. which uh, included uh, clear vinyl windows. That's impressive. That's yeah. a nice build she's got. Yeah, yeah. very nice. Uh, designed and built herself, sewed yes. herself, um, and she was handing out spec sheets uh, to everybody uh, so that they could uh, see what she used, see what materials uh, she used, and and sort of if they were inspired to try that sort of thing themselves, yeah. uh, she could kind of guide them through it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, those were the vendors and sponsors and that were there. Alan Drummond. Oh, Alan. Alan. Yeah, that, Alan I know, I was yeah. missing somebody yeah. on that yeah. side. Oh, we always miss yeah. an Alan. Yeah, well, you know <laughs> yeah, how it is. <laughs> He can handle it. He can handle it. Uh, and then after lunch, yes, we had uh, Dave Marone. Yes, one uh, half of Lure of the North. Right. Yeah. Uh, he joked a little bit about the ro- being the wrong half. That, you know. Uh, Everybody wanted to hear his wife on yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I had said I was going to give tomatoes to the people in the audience and they could <laughs> express their displeasure. Um, but it was nice to have uh, one or both of them come. Hopefully in the future we can have both of them. And uh, he did a wonderful presentation on sort of uh, what their business is and, and what their history is as a couple and how they established themselves really as homesteaders, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's sort of like those shows you see on the History or Discovery Channel and, you know, Alaska Frontier kind of yeah, thing. Know, right? thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing, except it's Espanola Frontier, <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> Sounds like the bad side of the track Yeah. Version. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, they uh, and then he talked about sort of a typical winter camping guided trip that uh, he and his wife uh, Kai had taken a group on in 2016, I believe it was. Yeah. Across Tomogamy from south to north, I think they went south, south to north. north. Yeah. Yeah. From sort of Wolf Lake area up to Gauganda. Gauganda. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, fascinating to look at and pioneered the route, really. Nobody yes. had done it in so winter, they didn't right? know what to, So they had experienced the lower section multiple times, the upper section multiple times, but in the middle along yep. the Sturgeon River, they, they weren't sure what they're going to get into. And uh, so they had to do a lot of uh, route finding. And, and I, I can't believe the photos that he showed were there's a river section with a six foot span of no of no ice and then they're on like you know this narrow 10 foot wide section of ice and it's like how can you walk so close to open water yeah. but uh, obviously the, the way that you do it with the snowshoe spreading out your weight yeah. and the sled spreading out their weight but it's just it was nerve-wracking just to look at, at them traversing those river sections on the sturgeon yeah it was <laughs> well and then the um when the, the one guy fell through yep. into the water yes. and they pull them out and they start throwing all the, the dry snow, snow on them. them. Dry snow because that wicks out wicks the moisture. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and that was pretty cool to actually see them doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you yeah. hear about oh yeah, you gotta do this. This is what but to actually do. see them do it yes. mm-hmm. was pretty yeah. pretty neat. Well and I think the philosophy of uh, knowing who is expendable and who to send forward. <laughs> 
well, uh, the, in the, certain <laughs> situations. That's, that's an important part. Yes, I think we all exactly. need to adapt that Who's to our own trips. Yeah. Who, who can we send on ahead? Yeah. Go check the ice out there, will you? Let us know what you think. <laughs> hey, Captain Expendable, why don't you go over there for a minute? <laughs> that's like rapid scouting. You, know? well, you just go on ahead and we'll stay here. Scream if we shouldn't follow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if we don't hear anything, we know it's good. So Yeah, that, yeah, that was a really good... Uh, trip they did and it was really interesting to see all the photos and and whatnot of that trip mm -hmm. it was and quite the journey ten of was, them too eh? it was like over 100 kilometers yeah and it was just the it, it's not an easy trip it's not an easy trip. well and he did make the point that they if you want to say lucked out with the snow conditions mm -hmm. yes because i mean you could run into snow conditions as i'm learning as a newbie to the hot tending and backcountry camping that i mean it would take you an hour to go 300 meters, you know, in yeah, exactly. slush or whatever. Yeah. And they didn't really run into too much that held them up. They had sort of one wind day that they mm -hmm. decided to take a rest day rather than try and yeah battle take the, the rest day so they could go do some scouting and whatnot. Right? Yeah, but which other than that, they they seem to hit some pretty good conditions. Yeah, which well, uh, I mean, at one point they've got no shirts on. Like, I know. How warm did it get? How warm did it get that day? Well, you saying it was After minus five and up towards zero. And yeah. Then yeah. Hey, as Canadians, you know, zero in June would feel terrible, and zero in February it's feels like bomby. Yeah. 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 Peel the shirt off, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. It's amazing how the body adapts. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, we finished up the day with the, uh, the one, the only... Jim Baird. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jim Baird. What can you say about Jim Baird? I enjoy seeing him. Every time he does a new presentation, I, that's, it's one of the highlights for me. And to see how he goes about it, he's, he's got this mental fortitude mm -hmm. to, uh, he, he takes difficult situations and makes it look easy. And so this trip, I, I, I saw bits and pieces. I read the Explorer magazine article, but it was nice, it was nice to see him talk about it in person. Where it, what was the, uh, I can't remember, Oglevik, what's the name of the park again? Oh boy. Something in Anuvik. Yeah. The, <coughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. What was the island? What's the island? Well, um, well Baffin, Baffin Island. Island. Baffin but, Island. but then yeah. it, it so was on a certain Island. peninsula yeah. of, or something. Of, of, yeah, of Baffin Island. So to see how he dealt with the conditions and, and how him and Buck were able to traverse and do it in style. And, of course, he, everybody, you come across difficulties and you deal with them, and, and he did it amazingly well he's he's got the experience in the background and it's so it's it was uh i was i me and siobhan were both looking forward to his talk today like oh, we looked forward to all of them today but we were both like oh yeah i want to hear jim talk about it i, yeah. I think jim in a way and, and a lot of people would say kevin callan is similar is the the one you can take to the bank so you come to the symposium you yeah. know if jim's talking you're going to enjoy it yeah. certainly that's been my yeah. experience but the the nice thing about the symposium is that you then also are introduced to these other things that you maybe either hadn't thought of or people exactly. that you hadn't yeah. didn't know anything about and they come forward and and put themselves out there and speak to an audience sometimes for the first time and uh, everybody brings something to the table that uh, you know gets you thinking about this or that absolutely mm -hmm. yeah so i mean jim was a nice way to end the day uh sort of a known quantity uh, and you knew you were going to have a good time he always does a good job but then the four leading up to that uh, were sort of the icing on the cake as well Absolutely. because you got, yes. you know, different things brought forward. So, yeah, it was very, it was, very It was pleased. a good day. What really gets me, and I'll just say this about Jim Baird, is watching these winter trips and 
the snow, the ice, the wind, the temperature, none of it bothers Buck. No, he just plugs away. You know, have you petted Buck? Oh, yeah. He, he's got a yeah. lot of hair. <laughs> he, I, I figure he's about three inches yeah, round. He's, he's, he's a, the size and of a cat. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Dachshund. <laughs> he's a little wiener <laughs> dog and he's all that fur. Sorry, Dachshund. Yeah. Dachshund yeah. for those of you German speakers out there. Um, yeah, yeah. I get, throw him in the bathtub and he's he's nothing. You know, yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Well, another very successful one I'm thinking. I am very Absolutely. pleased. Yeah. yeah. Very pleased and somewhat exhausted. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium is April 4th, 2020. That's Tickets ooh, are now on. 2020, yes. Yeah. Put your glasses on, you'll see 2020. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, that Tickets is. Tickets went on sale today. Uh, today, yeah. I thought it was on sale last week. No, I published it, but oh, you couldn't buy a ticket. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wanted people to know. That it was coming. It was coming. Yeah. But they couldn't. The tickets went on sale as of 7 a.m. this morning. Okay. I haven't actually looked to see if anybody bought it yet, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I told Derek to buy them, but then he goes, "Well, we're sponsors, and we have. Do we not? Yeah. Have, we don't you, need to buy tickets. That's right. right. Yeah. You, you get so it. yeah, we'll let you oh. in. They'll let me in, but he still needs. Okay. To buy yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll give you one freebie. Yeah. Make one con. Make Derek buy. Yeah. One. That's right. You <laughs> gotta buy. <laughs> we'll buy two for yeah. us. <laughs> Make our wives pay. That's yeah. right. Um, and that is yeah. So. What's the uh, website address for that? Uh, the usual www.ontariobackcountrycanoeing. Jeez, it's getting cold and late here. Canoe symposium? Uh, no, no, uh, the word no? symposium's not there. Oh. So ontariobackcountrycanoe.ca.ca. Yeah. I uh, will put a link on our, yeah, our yes, Facebook page. That would help. To that might help as well. Yeah. <laughs> Remember well, my own website? What are URL? Are you kidding? <laughs> You nut parts. I just <laughs> click on it. I just I just put the thing on. That's yes. the the website's for peons. That's right. <laughs> Check well, us out on Facebook. Yeah. 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 So uh, thanks again for the, today. Thanks it for was having awesome. me, guys. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you in what? Six months? No, it's not <laughs> six months. <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, this is these these two are, are closer together Ooh, than the other way. That's like yeah. not even five months. Yeah, yeah. no, it's so creeping up. Yeah, that's four, why the tickets had to go buddy. on sale. I know. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll see you then. We'll be announcing speakers as they as we finalize them. Beauty, beauty. Yes. All right, looking forward to it. Looking forward to talking to you again. All right, take it easy. You too. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. 
So while we were at the Ontario Winter Camping Symposium, uh, we, we chatted with David Bain. And like I say, like you just heard there, we went through, uh, talked about the, the day and all the, the speakers at the symposium. One of the guys, Jim Baird, who was speaking, uh, always great to sit down with him. We haven't actually been able to sit down with him and talk on the show in a little while now. And uh, so while we were there, we cornered him out on the patio. Uh, you'll hear in the background, um, sounds like a bit of a hissing, but that's actually our buddy Mike Burns at the barbecue cooking burgers. Uh, and David Bain comes down and has a chit chat with him. So <laughs> don't let that distract you from what Jim Baird's got to say. But uh, yeah, it was, it, was good, it was good to catch up with uh, Jim and have a little chit chat about what he's been doing since we talked to him and Tori last. And he's been a busy boy. And we also wanted to talk about what he's got coming up in the, in the near future. And, uh, well, give a listen. This is what Jim Baird had to say. Okay, so we are chit-chatting with Jim Baird. Jim, you haven't been on in... It's been a while. I know. It's, been hard. it's been hard for me. Have you guys been all right? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. You've been busy, boy. Yes. Yeah, you have definitely. Yeah. So the last time we talked to you and Tori, you were just really becoming Jim Baird the Adventurer. Yes. Adventurer. So it was post alone, but you couldn't you talk couldn't about it. Nobody knew who had won alone. Mm -hmm. And at that point, when we did the episode, mm -hmm. we had uh, we briefly talked about it. But since you had to avoid certain, you it was know, very spoilers. challenging to to uh, not blab about it. Exactly. But the way they got me to not talk about it was they said they won't give us the prize money <laughs> if they find out that I've spilled the beans. Yes, there you go. Well, yeah. that's that's the easy way to keep. It so what well. you're saying is the money was more important than our happiness. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say a hundred percent yes. All right, good man, good man. <laughs> Works because, for me. <laughs> we would have done the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? you've done a whole bunch of trips, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. You and Tori got married. Mm -hmm. And right. you've got a wee little boy now. That's that's right. Making some uh, making some jumps there in life. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. He's starting to grow up and life plans starting to come together. If yeah. only you knew the now, what you didn't know then, or what is it then? I thought yeah. that I thought that I would become more mature after all that. And it, it, Hogwash! I just, like, haven't. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, work, that it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work yeah, that way. yeah. Little kids and marriage does not make yeah. you more more wise. Yeah, yeah. that's an old yeah. wives' tale. <laughs> so let's let's just try to piece together what you've done since you did the mountain river. Yeah. Tell us about the mountain river. Well, the mountain river was basically me and Ted's reward to ourselves for winning alone. So when we were out there, you know, suffering on alone, we planned that if we'd win, we'd spend some more time in the outdoors, which <laughs> <laughs> might be funny after 75 days camping, we're planning a canoe trip while we're out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that was it because it's, it's not a cheap river to do because uh, you either have to finish it with another float plane charter or an expensive boat charter. And uh, even your airfare to get to Norman Wells is pretty expensive. So it was sort of out of our reach. But we thought, well, if we win this prize money, we're going to you know, take the girls and we are going to go paddle the mountain river. And we freaking did it. And it was amazing. Awesome. Well, what were some of the highlights of the trip? Um, there's a lot of cool things. We found hot springs, uh, just more or less, I would say though, that it was just the scenery and, and just the current in the river. Like you always kind of had to be on your toes cause there's almost like consistent swifts and class ones through a lot of places, but it was just screaming current. And we would, you know, in like three hours, we would do like 20 K it was unheard oh, wow. of kind yeah. of so distance, fast. like extremely, extremely fast current. And probably I've paddled the Nahani was the first wilderness river I paddled. No wonder I got hooked. 
and we did that, uh, slapped it on the old credit cards there when I was like 23 or something like that and did a self-guided trip. And, uh, uh, you know, the Nahani is incredibly beautiful, but I would say the mountain, other than Virginia Falls and Nahani, the mountain is maybe more beautiful and there's nobody out there. Like you don't see anybody out there. I think there's maybe a couple guided trips a year that do it and maybe another couple, uh, you know, self-guided trips, if that. So, you know, it's, it's very remote, uh, very untraveled and just like absolutely epically beautiful. Is it just so hard to get to or do you think it's just uh, well waiting pretty soon well, everybody's gonna be doing it? I think it's, it's, it's hard to get to, it's logistically challenging, it's expensive and it's also a river that it does take a, a little bit of a higher skill level to do so that probably scares some people off. Like for example, when we paddled Blackfeather Creek to reach the mountain which was probably the most challenging part of the whole trip and we just found a canoe on shore, not damaged, just perfectly normal, fine canoe whipped on shore. And we were totally puzzled. Well, we found out that it was a black feather guided trip where somebody just, one of their, one of their clients just felt way in over their head and they're like, I'm out of here. It was right before this challenging oh, wow. tight canyon that we ran. Right. And uh, somebody was like, that's it, I'm out of here. I'll pay for my helicopter evac. That was likely about an $8,000 bill for them. Ow. For that heli evac, maybe 10. And just said, that's it, I'm out of here, and, and took a, got a helicopter to fly in and, and get them out. And they just left a canoe there and continued with the rest of the crew wow. down the river, right? So it, it, it had some challenges, and uh, it's, it's, it's a far-flung river, man. But, you know, once you, you know, once you do it, you get the rewards of, uh, you know, what that's equivalent to. And how long was the trip? Two weeks. Two weeks, eh? Yeah. Cool. You go yeah. again? Uh, I think we spent, I think it was a bit more, I think it was counting travel time, it was three, right? Because you got to get there, get you know, connect your flights, not till the next yeah. day, so you're a day in Yellowknife and then stuff like that, a day in Norman Wells and all that, right? So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, would I do it again? I, I mean, yes, I would, but also there's so many other rivers that I yeah. want to do that I probably wouldn't. I'd want to, I'd want to try something else, try a new experience, you know? So would you recommend it then? Oh, guaranteed, Definitely. guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, we had pretty low water. It could be more challenging at higher water levels for sure. Uh, but it wasn't, and you know, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I find that a lot of these like really far-flung rivers that not too many people paddle, the, the, the difficulty of them sort of builds a little bit over time. You know, right. um, so so over over, over through legend wise, it builds, right? Oh, okay, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So like that, that's one thing that uh, uh, with the Hess is that the Hess is the most challenging river in the Yukon. I paddled the Hess River last summer right. and it was like, you know, I soloed it. And, you know, most people that do it, do it don't even do it in a canoe. They do it in kayaks or inflatables. And here I was soloing it and I talked to some guides in when uh, Whitehorse who thought I was completely insane. And, and they're just like, the, but... You know, uh, and, and the remoteness of it definitely plays into that difficulty because right. some of the rivers that we have here that are, you know, relatively close to the road system in, in uh, southern Ontario or, or not too far northern Ontario, obviously when you get up way northern Ontario, you know, you get into some serious remote areas. But, uh, you know, there is an opportunity to, like, get out by your own means without an all-in potential chance of dying. Whereas, you know, these rivers... <laughs> If you run into problems out there, man, you know, you, you, you might be uh, out of luck. Right. But you had fun doing them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What was the fishing like on uh, the mountain? Uh, the mountain is actually really bad fishing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So some of these, uh, because the mountain has, um, it's not really like a, 
like a silty river. It's more of like really fine particles of mud almost. Like if you fill up a pail and you let it sit there, oh, it never so, really settles. Whereas right. like the Nahani, for example, if you fill up a pail and you, it, you leave it there for 10 minutes, all the sediment will settle to the bottom and it's crystal clear and then you can pump your water or whatever, right. drinking water or that. So it's so glacial the mouth, rock dust and I stuff. I think, and it's just such a ripping fast river and it's super shallow and it's so strong that all the tributaries, which are usually the good fishing spots, are all just kind of like pushed, blown out by the power of the mountain. There's not very yeah. many eddies or anything there. So, I mean, we did catch some pretty big uh, Dolly Varden. We caught mountain whitefish, we caught Arctic grayling but uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, which we knew going into it that it wasn't going to be a good fishing river. Right. Now, mm -hmm. I watched your, no, between the Hess and the mountain, you did the, you did the Yukon trip. Uh, yeah, that, that's the Hess. Yeah. It was that, the, Hess, was that yeah. the same one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was there so not a, what's the third, third trip that you did in there? Uh, well, my brother and I did uh, that tomogamy adventure for, for Be Alive. Okay. So we basically, we basically got to like film our own show. Right. Um, so it's called the, uh, so it's called the uh, uh, Baird Brothers Tomogamy. And basically what we did was um, a company was looking for a show basically uh, on their, for their YouTube channel, a multi-platform media brand. And they just said, uh, they said pitch us on some things. And I pitched them on going into, you know, doing this crazy route in Tomogamy and filming it. And we filmed like the crap out of it, yeah. like a terabyte of footage. And they edited that all into uh, like a show, basically, which was super exciting. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing that one because uh, mm -hmm. I was sitting there at work watching it. Yeah. My boss is listening. <laughs> I, uh, I never said yeah. that. <laughs> uh, no, that was pretty cool because yeah. uh, Tomogamy, I think, is now becoming more... Yeah. Uh, in the limelight, right? Yeah. Especially what's going on with Solus and yeah. and everything like yeah. that, and yeah. um, the, some of the lower parks in Ontario are starting to get overused, uh -huh. and uh, I think a lot of people are now starting to head up to uh, Tomogamy yeah. well, and whatnot. We, we, we never saw any other paddlers there in two weeks. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty. Yeah, we we went into the north end of Obavica, yeah, and we uh, we went uh, we took a very challenging route from Chinaguchi over to the Sturgeon, and then we uh, we cut. We went up the Obabaca and then eventually uh, up the Obabaca River, eventually to Obabaca Lake, and we hung out with the guy that gave me Buck, uh, Alex Mathias, oh, who's yeah. like nice. this yeah, legendary yeah. Aboriginal elder that just basically has lived in the bush. Like you know, very few people left that are living this kind of lifestyle, and uh, he gave me my our dog. So we you know did a canoe trip back there with the dog hung out with him. He took us through the ancient forest that he helped preserve, that people like Friends of Tomogamy helped preserve to this day and uh, and basically showed us pictographs and all that. And then we, we you know, paddled back. So it was pretty, uh, I, I don't know if it was the best route to recommend, but uh, it was a good route for making things look miserable for, <laughs> for television, I <laughs> guess. Plus that. we had like so much gear, we had to bring a generator, which is insane yeah. because the amount of footage and drone footage to keep these batteries charged, we were literally rolling all day on everything. Um, and uh, that's kind of how we had to do it. I, I looked at this as a sort of a continuation of the Baird brother battles uh, right. from alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there we go. Because totally. there was a couple of times where, whoa, all right, well, this is about they, to get interesting. They actually had the same story editor editing that as the same guy that cut me and Ted on alone. So oh, yeah, okay. sat there with well, the editor and was like, here's how, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 Uh, you, okay, so you and Tori um, went out on a hike. Yes. Taking the, the new little fella with you. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to ask about that one too, yeah. And it turned from a hike to a canoe trip. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, I know Buck is, uh, well, he's much better now. Yeah. Uh, uh, twisted a foot or something? Or? Well, actually, we thought that he had just hurt his right front joint, but it turned out what ended up happening. And it was actually, maybe in the end, it was kind of good that that happened because we realized that he had, like, a weird, like, growth or lump on his chest. And it was oh, actually okay. him walking, and it was hitting that lump, and the lump was what was hurting, not his leg. So that was forcing him to limp. Right, and so kind of because of that, as we fi a few weeks later, we figured out what was up, and now we're trying to, you know, basically uh, get that that removed from him at probably great expense. But I mean, you gotta, you gotta swear them, man. Yeah, exactly. Dog, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, Buck got injured, and couldn't keep up with us, and we had to formulate another plan. I was 18k in on the Lacoste Silhouette Trail. Next day, I had to turn around, basically run all the way back to, uh, you know, Killarney to the road. And then grab, thankfully we had a canoe on the roof because, you know, I always do. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and uh, throw that into George and then like literally freaking beast paddle back to Tori, who was like on Lake of Three Narrows, well into Lake of Three Narrows. So beast paddle. And I, so I go back in the park office and I'm like, I'd like a refund for my Lacoste to the wet trail. And I'd like to book a campsite for Lake of Three Narrows, dumping sweat. And they're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so I explained in the store, it turned out I got a site in OSA Lake. So I managed to get there like right before dark, just beast paddling with like a boulder in my bow because I'm going yeah. into headwinds. You know, it's almost dark and these people are like, where are you headed? I'm like, on George. I'm like, OSA. And they're just looking at me like, who is like, what the hell is going on with it? Why is this guy doing this? You know, gusting like white cap headwinds. Anyways, I got into OSA, just traveled super light, just granola bars and a tarp. Yep. And then made it back to uh, pick up Tori, the dog and the baby on Lake of Three Narrows. And then... We got out of there by canoe and, and ended up having an awesome canoe trip. Weather wasn't good. We did a hike up to a beautiful view and uh, we ended up getting out because it was only 4K of walking all in for the portaging as it was 18K back. Right. And so I got to freaking be like a hero out there. It was uh, awesome. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Jim Baird, hero. One yes. guy was telling yes. me, one guy was telling me like, you know, as a man nowadays, you don't get to kill wild animals to, to you know, save your family. And it's, what's the point of us nowadays? And he's like, man, I saw that video and I was like, I hope I get to do something like that and just, you know, prove that my toxic masculinity is worthwhile. You know? Jim Baird, adventurer and hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what happened there. So, well, yeah, cool. we, we, we covered it all, too, for my YouTube channel. Well, it's uh, Jim yes. Baird, adventurer on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, so we covered, yeah. So we covered that. And everything was going to crap, and we're like, "Well, we might as well keep filming." And so we did, and we told the story. Yeah, a lot absolutely. of people were mad at us for oh. not airlifting our dog out of there or whatever. And you know, and then we were like, "But you know, we know people aren't maybe gonna like it, but this was, you know, a tough this situation. Is, we had to make life. that this tough call, man. Yeah. You know what I mean?" Yeah. And so we did it, and everything was fine in the end. Well, unless you're there, there's always going to be arm, armchair critics, right? Yes. Yeah. Unless you're there yeah. in this situation, yeah. you can make all the calls you want and, and all yeah. the, the, the remarks you want. Yeah. But yeah. until you're actually in that situation, yeah. Yeah. you don't know. Like probably half the people would have just shot themselves if they had the chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So go. the only other one I think you've done, the biggie, is um, the Hest, the Yukon. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So I touched on that, that a little. And you did that solo. Yeah. So... 
What I made you decide to do solo? Was it just, craziness? Was it a choice, or were you forced into it, or was it something you wanted well, to do solo? Let's just say, again, toxic masculinity. <laughs> okay, just okay, kidding, okay. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, it was. Uh, you know, I, me and my brother, we were planning on doing this big kind of Arctic adventure, and uh, we were trying to put sort of sponsors together and try to make a production out of it that uh, didn't really work out. I had a couple things on the go for that time, and they sort of fell through last minute, which was like kind of bummed me out and I'm like well I got to do a big trip because I don't know I got to do a big trip you know what I mean <laughs> and uh so I I said well uh, a bunch of people told me that the Hess is really scary and intense so I decided to just do that one and of course literally I I, I don't I highly do not recommend planning a, a trip like this just for the record in three weeks or something or less oh. but literally that's what I did I planned it in such a little because I just have a lot of experience planning it that it's not as hard as it once was for me and uh, yeah I took a float plane out I got dropped off on Keel Lake bushwhack portage some interesting rapids to get to the hess and then ran what's you know the most consistent and most challenging whitewater river in the, the yukon territory uh solo in, uh, in a novacraft prospector and um yeah ran, things were going all right i had one pretty scary dump there and uh, managed yeah. to recover and uh yeah just just was awesome it was it was a great trip now yeah because i saw you had to do that massive um portage yeah that two-day yeah, portage yeah so yeah so that was uh it wasn't really uh, so i i was doing pretty much i was doing three carries so mm. i didn't have two trips at three carries because, three? Okay. you know as some people may have noticed i don't usually travel too light <laughs> you know never know i mean on the killarney thing i did i'm yeah. like wow look at this distance <laughs> i've covered is this how it is when you're not carrying a generator you know yeah not i did i only carry obviously just for the record only carried it once when they were like jim you're carrying a generator or not writing you a check so we carried a generator because they wanted that the batteries charged for footage or as a right. guarantee so basically uh yeah, I I, uh, I guess I just did it solo because who the heck else can take off, you know, three weeks of work and drop probably three grand exactly. last yes. minute to go and uh, do something like yeah. that, right? Well, and then, and then the, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could actually. Derek, can you, <laughs> yeah, really? Oh man, oh, and, and and you know Trying what? To make and, feel and, bad. In the end, yeah, I know, I do actually. Ouch, <laughs> and I think in the end, though, it, it's kind of like an interesting hook and an interesting way to experience it. I don't know if yeah. that's the best thing to, to, you know, tell people to do. If you want to start doing solo stuff, I definitely start smaller than the hardest yes. whitewater river oh, in the Yukon. Oh, pish posh, jump in full feet <laughs> forward, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. So you yeah. chose to do this solo. So now for anybody listening that hasn't watched the YouTube series on it that you're mm. publishing now, what was your gear set up for your, what was your solo set up? Like for, for your gear, for did you have a, a cover? Did you have float bags? Whatever. Um, so, because uh, this is solo, you have to think about your yeah. your rescuing. This is self rescue. So what I did, I carried a, a satellite texting device on my person, and obviously survival kit on my person. Because if you dump out there and you lose your canoe and you can't recover it, that's yeah. all you have. So you lose your whole outfit. But uh, yeah, I, I carried you know a, a boat with definitely exp expedition grade material. Yeah. You know, I carried uh, dry bags. I, I carried. I wore a dry suit in the rapids. Um, and I just I, I, I just took all those precautions. I did use a spray deck for sure, and I took all those kind of uh, precautions. Didn't cut any corners, and uh, like for example, one thing I did was I didn't have time to buy full-scale topographic maps, so I printed them off off the internet. A lot of times for trips like this, I'll get the the 
topographic maps and I'll make a flip book and or if I'm just for me I'll carry the full topos and I'll paint them with like Thompson's water seal so they're a bit yeah. waterproof um, but this one they're just print offs of the internet with like runny ink and on my dump my canoe was like literally in the water for like a half an hour and those 1 to 50 got soaked but of course I brought freaking backup maps you know what yes. I mean yeah. like yeah. so you know just 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 not cutting any corners at all under any circumstances is a good thing to, to do especially when you're and solo. also not being an idiot and running like a class four in the yukon solo <laughs> you know which i did do so you know i'm not perfect either so you know well i like your videos because you say well this may not be the smartest thing to do but i'm going to give it a try yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you have the experience to back it yeah. up yeah well and you know also uh, for me i run into trouble sometimes because uh you know with the content i'm trying to get i want those like shots of me running rapids i was doing an explore magazine article on that trip and i'm shooting all video well that's not for explore magazine that's for you know other platforms and and my youtube channel jim baird adventure and so um plug um and so uh, you know so i wanted a a, a still shot of me yeah. running these rapids so i set my dslr you know camera up to on an intervalometer setting to take a picture every two seconds and i'm like i'm gonna hit these huge waves well that was a stupid idea i could have just avoided those waves and i dumped on like the first wave and oh. watched it if i wasn't trying to capture this dramatic shot yeah. You know, so that so I, I kind of put myself into danger sometimes trying to like get that cool shot for and, and it worked because it's a great riveting story of me yes. almost dying that I managed to cover <laughs> with my GoPros for my YouTube channel. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's uh, the smartest way to go about things. <laughs> or the smartest way to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of a cool way to go. Yeah. We found this bloated carcass being swarmed by grizzlies. A Dear diary, later. oh crap. <laughs> well, it sounds like you've been having fun. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, think I mean, I mean, my life's not all sunshines and rainbows. Sunshine and rainbows. I don't think anybody's is. I think no. that's 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 part of life, though. Like, if anybody sits around and 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 thinks, oh, why is it so hard for me? It's like, yeah. you know, congratulations, you're normal. Yes, you know yeah. what I mean. Precisely. Like, yeah. it's not uh, it's not an easy thing. And and you know, I'm super lucky that I get to do what I get to do. But unfortunately, I'm not a trust fund baby. Like, I had to like literally go into being a professional adventurer i had like thirty thousand minus thirty thousand dollars in the bank and no idea how i was going to freaking pay my bills at the yeah. end of the month and like by the you know some miracle i've managed to like pull it off and it's been building right yeah and of course winning a bag of money on a loan i sure didn't have yeah that, yeah that wasn't a hindrance Ears are on me boys oh wait i'm blowing all of that money yeah you think it's going to be a bunch of money and then you're just like okay i bought a house and a boat and uh, done. uncle steve can for, borrow yeah. a couple bucks and yeah. you know what i mean like it's yeah. uh it's not you know it doesn't yeah. go that far right i mean we we have those talks about winning the lottery if i won five million Okay, so start calculating. Oh, so if I win twenty million dollars, yeah, 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 yeah. hundred million. That, that yeah. old million dollar lottery win does not no. go yeah, far no. anymore, yeah. right? Especially yeah, unless you like actually don't blow it all, <laughs> or you live like. But you know, you have the equity in the house, so it's not yeah, blown. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. So what do you? What's your forecast for the future? Is there anything you can talk about? You know, I, are you going on a loan again? You're going to win that a second time? <laughs> you know, uh, there, there's. I don't know if. But people alone thought there hasn't stars? been any official rumors or anything. But, yeah, they thought, oh, we'll be doing a lone all-star show. But, you know, you need 10 people to do it. So you'd have to go 10 seasons and it'd be your 11 seasons to do it. 
And, you know, I'm kind I think I must be crazy because I'm now looking at, you know, the, the latest season, season six, and these guys are in the Northwest Territories where there's actually like food there yeah. and a oh. place where I love and I've survived before and I've experienced in. And I'm just like, why am I jealous that I'm not on the show again? <laughs> like, what do I not remember how miserable day 74 was? <laughs> exactly. You know, eating freaking snails. But you got to <laughs> think that something like that. I mean, uh, we talk about canoe trips when I'm at work, yeah. and you see, you know, oh yeah, I was watching uh, Survivor, yeah. and the biggest thing, they couldn't start a fire, and they look at me like, oh dude, you'd so win that show. Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> I can start a fire with like a couple of sticks, yeah. Yeah. you know, and you got to be thinking, if you're up yeah. there in the in the Yukon, you'd be winning that. And and you know what? Honestly, a hundred percent, I don't know if I, I would never take it lightly. I'd Wrong. never think that for sure I was going to win. I never even thought I was going to, I said, we're going to give it my best chance yeah. because, you know, I, but one thing I have realized as canoeists, we do have an advantage because we don't think of ourselves like survivalists, mm -hmm. but guess what the best survival skill is? being freaking able to tough it out man yes yeah. you know get a fire going when you have to get a fire going because you can't walk back to your house uh after building a, a fort in the woods not to dis bushcraft that you did in your backyard you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like you're out there man i don't care what kind of sat phone and gps has i mean i've been in situations where i had a sat phone on me and the only thing it'd be good for is telling people where to find the body you know what i mean <laughs> and and so uh you know you've got to be able to rig that tight cave you've got to be able to do that but also just the day after day of being wet cold swarmed by bugs you start to slowly not give a shit anymore yeah. and you start to actually be fun while the other guys are miserable you're still having fun because you don't care whether you're cold and wet and that's a survival skill that's the best survival skill at all like i didn't win alone by whittling spoons you know what i mean <laughs> wait like, what yeah like didn't we, you know you know, you know like the bushcrafters like whittle spoons you know what yeah. i mean like that's really cool and i don't want to take anything away from that but you know, your real survival skill is not something that you can look up on how to do it on YouTube. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? it's in it your head. A long and it takes to get yeah. that in your head. It, it takes uh, a lot of experience on, on putting yourselves in those situations, right? Yeah. So where are you going next? Um, I think I'm going to go. Well, first of all, my wife and I are going to just go live for a month in a canvas tent. Oh, because yeah, we're not nice. as cool as Dave and Kai from Lure of the North who just <laughs> lived in a Forever. Canada. Yeah, and just like, okay, these guys are cooler than me, whatever. Somebody's <laughs> always going to be better than you in life, I guess. Because that's kind of something I, I, I'd be right into. So we're going to go do that, and we're probably going to you know film a bunch of it. Uh, then I got uh, a couple other shorter winter camping trips at Tomogamy and, uh, and, you know, uh, up in Algoma and then uh, spring I'm doing actually a pack rafting trip. I'm going to do my first pack rafting oh. trip. So right from my house I'm going to bushwhack uh, I think 8k to this little known whitewater river follow it down and then it meets the magneto one and then i'm probably hopefully going to rendezvous with some canoes if i can get them in via road close up to the river and then paddle to georgian bay and then i'm going to do the puckasaw east branch in the spring and the superior coast and then me and my brother are going to do a uh hopefully we're going to do a month-long arctic trip now this is the one we were supposed to do like last year and the year before too so hopefully <laughs> things come together three. yeah exactly hopefully, hopefully things come together for it this time and then uh, my wife tori and i are going to paddle the french river and then we might go backpacking in bc for uh for um uh four days so you know I, you know I, it's that's a lot of stuff what are you going to yes. do in 2027 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i'll get it all by then yeah yeah so yeah a lot of Retire. super cool stuff coming up man yeah i can't wait to do that's it awesome all. it's a lot of work to to do all these missions and also when you meet it's not just you're not just doing the trip you're also like 
finding a way to like make content around it and right. make it make it so you don't you know have to shop at the food bank when you get home you know yeah. what i mean so uh you know that's that's a, that's part of the, the money only that. lasts so long buddy yeah. <laughs> so, oh, oh. yeah so if anybody wants to find all your videos and you got a whole load of them on oh there yeah now. yukon wild it's called 14 days solo camping in the yukon wilderness uh, it's on my youtube channel i got six episodes out of that people are telling me they really like it which is yeah. nice you know and i think it's really cool too yeah i thought it was half good. perfectly oh thank you thank you that's kind of it <laughs> uh, yeah so i got that up i got a couple videos of my mountain river trip up too and uh you know we're posting all kinds of uh, different things i'm trying to um, do more youtube stuff because uh, i'm getting a good response which is really inspiring I, people come in there like say jim you know you're really inspiring you know some guy came up to me today at uh, the winter camping symposium and said uh jim you know you helped me i watched some of your videos and it was inspiring and you got me through a tough time in my life and I think um, one of the things that that feels great, but it's also those people also inspire me to keep going too. So it's like a circle of, of, of positive energy, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So if people want to see all these videos, these hundreds of videos you've done, where do we go, Jim Baird Adventurer? I don't know. Yeah, good, because I haven't mentioned it yet. Uh, it's uh, it's my YouTube channel. It's uh, Jim Baird Adventurer, and it's on YouTube. And uh, I also have my Facebook page, which is also called Jim Baird Adventurer. Jim Baird Adventurer. Yeah, and like uh, yeah, and um, I'm also on Instagram, which is at JB Adventurer too. So if you don't go and check it out, that's okay. But I'll feel sad, and you know, I'll get over it probably eventually. We'll feel sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for yeah. you. Yeah. One of these days, so, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So check it out, and I'm always kind of posting stuff and looking to connect with uh, like-minded people. So uh, it's all good. Lots of fun. So you need you need to take a, like a group of like 30 people out. Yeah. Oh. First timers. Yeah. yeah. Take them somewhere way up. <laughs> See north. how many you can lose. That, I'm sure that'd make a great YouTube series. Jim Baird and how many people live? Maybe, maybe we'll do the Shenandoah River. Like, is that the one they did in Deliverance? Ooh. Oh yes, yes, it yeah. was. was yeah. It? yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we, really we've already told people. a bunch of people to go canoeing down there because it looks like a great area. When we yeah. said it, we didn't know that. We didn't realize we were telling them to go to the Deliverance River. <laughs> yeah, so, try the Shenandoah. I haven't heard from anybody about that trip. <laughs> Bring a roll of duct tape to duct tape your ass closed, though. Okay, that's not making it in. Yeah, that's always oh. that's still like what did the Deliverance come out seventies? Yeah, that's still yeah, a yeah. joke when people are panicking. I hear banjos, you know, you paddle faster. Yeah, yeah. You hear that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you're having a great time. Sounds yeah. like things are going uh, pretty well for you guys. Yeah. And uh, getting the whole family out still, which is really good. Because a lot of people, yeah. when they have a newborn, yeah. tend to. Leave you know, them at home I and find it like we started going out and we wanted. Well, I'm like, we're going to get into this backcountry lake, Tori, and we're going to portage in here. And we have the baby, and the, especially when he's younger, he's scream crying. And like, actually, we're just going to camp on this island, the 3K from the pudding. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it changes things. But at the same time, you're making awesome freaking memories and yeah. i'm still like you know this isn't what the big thing i wanted to do but this is awesome like i'm still freaking loving this man and it's so good for kids it doesn't take a lot just even a little bit of influence on a kid could change their whole life when, absolutely when it comes to the outdoors yes. I, i'm learned. 22 years ahead of you yeah. in the kid department and yeah. our, my guys still say oh remember that trip we did yeah remember that trip yeah. yeah like we did this and we did that and yeah they remember it and, and they, it was cool and i'm just looking at me certain things my uncle was in the army he took us out compass bearing bushwhacking i don't think he knew how to use a compass because we were always getting lost and uh, <laughs> but he just taught me that getting lost is nothing to be scared about you know yeah. if yeah. We, we know we're not that lost and we will 
we'll, we'll be okay if we miss dinner and we'll be home in the morning kind of thing. So, you know, just those little things uh, or big things maybe. But, uh, yeah, they've made a difference on who I am today. And I think they definitely am happy to be sharing that with my son too at, at a young age. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Well, we really look forward to uh, checking out more of your videos and yeah. hopefully having you on in another, what, yeah. hundred Are you the one who shows? keeps thumb-downing me? No. <laughs> really? Somebody's doing that? Derek. I, don't know. <laughs> I think people just do it on purpose. Yeah, there's trolls jerks. out there. That, yeah. that, that that's music. a great, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you should have gone left of the boulder. Thumbs down. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you dumped loser. You loser. Thumb down. <laughs> left of the right of the boulder. What an idiot. Yeah. You burnt your dinner. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. down. Yeah. 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 No, no, it's not me, man. Sorry. Yeah. I, I can throw some in there I if it helps you. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No. Thumbs up. Thumbs up all the way, buddy. Cool. Well, thanks for coming out. Like I said, we are out on the porch here uh, doing our little interview here, and uh, I think the burgers are are done, and yeah. that's why it's gotten quiet here all of a sudden. There's no more people yes, in the background. Yes, there was a lot of chatter earlier. Right yeah. after the uh, winter camping symposium, too, which yeah. was a success. Yes. It was another success, yeah. 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 So Buck's probably upstairs eating your burger. Yeah, he probably is urinating on the wall and humping some of the visitors. You never know. <laughs> yeah. He what takes after do, his dad. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Jim, thanks a lot for being on the show. Yes, thank, thank you, very you much, guys. And uh, yeah. we'll look forward to seeing you again. Right on. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Take it easy. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. So Jim Baird, it's, we, uh, it was nice to hear what he had to say, uh, what he's been doing, and uh, like I said, we follow him on his YouTube uh, channel and uh, see all the videos. Uh, definitely got to check that out. Go to uh, Jim Baird Adventurers uh, YouTube site, Jim Baird Adventurer, his, uh, uh, YouTube site and check out all his videos that he's been putting up. Uh, kind of jealous of his trips there, Derek. Yeah. You know what? He's, uh, some of the trips that he's been doing recently, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. I've, I've always enjoyed watching Jim go off and, and do his adventures and his adventuring. And I was, uh, I was excited to see him talk about his, uh, his most recent traverse of, uh, with, with Buck. And, uh, so it was nice to hear. I, I, I read the Explore articles and I'd, uh, seen some of the, some of the YouTube stuff, but uh, it was really nice to, uh, to actually see him talk in person about the, 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 his latest traverse, right. Which was, I guess, two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like I say, it's nice to see what he's going to be doing too. So we got more to look forward to. Absolutely. Uh, other than that, I think that's about it, bud. Awesome. I should let you, uh, get back to, uh, convalescing <laughs> your, yeah. your man flew there. Yeah. Uh, uh, and maybe you'll be here in person next week. 
Absolutely. If not, I'll be looking for, uh, I'll be looking through resumes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> if you want to find more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast download sites. If you go to paddlingadventuresradio.com, you can click the episode tab at the top of the page and find all 198 uh, episodes. Listen to them, stream them, download them, whatever you want to do. Uh, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. And other than that, I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Dirk Specht. We'll see you next time.